0: All right, awesome. How's everybody doing today? Great. All right, good. Can we actually get one helper? Uh, and Mike, can you turn on the light that's on the left side? I wanna see y'all. I know that everybody likes the, the dark, you know, when we're singing and stuff like that, but when it comes to this time, I wanna see you. Yeah, I wanna see, I wanna see some faces. And so, uh, all that being said, I'm gonna do it again and just gonna give it one more go because I really like the, the, the feedback. Uh, how's everybody doing this morning? Yeah. All right, here we go uh i hope you're well you don't know me my name is josh or if you're watching online or that type of thing my name is Josh. I serve as the lead pastor. And so right now we're going to be continuing our time in worship by spending some time in God's Word. And so what that looks like is that we're going to open the Bible. And we're going to explore these words for a while together. And as we explore them, the thing is what we believe happens is that we start to engage these words. And when the follower of Jesus, right, given the Spirit of God, begins to come to these words, God begins to meet us as we engage these words. And he forms us and shapes us from his Spirit working in us as we engage with these words that He's given to us in the Bible, it's a really powerful idea. And the beautiful part is, is it doesn't stop like on a Sunday, right? Like we can be here in the school, and you read that book, and X, Y, and Z, and we're gonna, we're gonna look at some scriptures together. And we believe that happens here, but at the same time, we believe it happens tomorrow and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and and every time you as a follower of Jesus, if that's if that's what you are, right? If you would say, Yo, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. I believe in God, and 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 so every time you engage the scriptures like that, we believe that happens. And so that's why this time is powerful. And So I would encourage you rather than checking out, right, I encourage you actually during this time to kind of press in and start to to kind of build a sense of like, God, what do you want to do in my mind, in my heart right now? And so with that, we're going to be continuing our time in worship by engaging the word. And we're going to do that by continuing our sermon series called The Heart, which is Uh, really about emotions, I'm sorry that it's, we're not doing a biology lesson on the actual physical, biological heart. Uh, I'm not smart enough to do that, maybe some of y'all are. I know it may be an aorta or something in there. That's the one word I know from the heart. But we're talking about emotions, right? The thing that we oftentimes associate with coming from the heart, that is emotions and what they look like, right? Unpacking where they're from, what we do with them. Last week, we got started with like a bit of an introduction, just thinking about where emotions come from. And we we really kind of dialed in on this idea that the feeling or the act of emoting, right? Just having feelings in general, that comes from God because God himself has emotions emotions. He has emotions, and therefore he made us as bearers of his image, these image-bearing people made in God's image. And as a result, we likewise have emotions. Likewise, though, we also understood that the act of feeling comes from God, but individual emotions, right, aren't always going to—we're not, we're not going to say that every emotion is from God. We're going to say the act of feeling and emoting and, and having feelings is from God. But Individual emotions from our heart can come from different places and and most often in fact i would I would argue maybe like a batting a hundred a 1, thousand right on this one that that our feelings come from what we love they come from what we what we hold dear to us. And so when I see my son, uh, Jude, hanging from uh, the monkey bars as a two-and-a-half-year-old little boy, and he has a good big drop coming his way if I don't go save him, I feel that little sense of anxiety, not because it's just dangerous, but because I love Jude. right? I care about Jude. I want him to be safe. He's my son. So we understood where they come from. And the thing is, after that, we were supposed to start working through some individual emotions. But this week, as I was getting ready, I kind of had this feeling that we needed a little bit more foundation work before we started moving to these individual emotions. Because last week, we talked about where emotions come from, come from. But then, in addition to that, we were supposed to start this week working through the idea of fear and the next week anger. But, but this week, we're going to take a little break Uh, from our, our proposed schedule. We're gonna stay in this series, and we need to just take a little bit of a step toward the idea of what we do with emotions. I want this guy to set a little bit of pace for what we do with emotions. Last week, where they come from. This week, what we do with them. And then from here, we're gonna to use today as a bit of a framework to start tackling these individual emotional experiences for the weeks to come. But today, I really wanted to kind of think to, my, think to myself as I was working through it and then share with y'all, what do we do with these things? Because last week, again, we said there's there's largely... Two camps that we can find ourselves in the extremes. We can find ourselves in that group that's like, yo, I don't want nothing to do with emotions. And so we run from them, we shun them, we push them away, they scare us, they intimidate us, we hide from them, or we hide them from other people or from God. And then that group right there kind of looks at emotions and says, Man, you're evil. You put you come from the heart and the heart is full of deceit. But then on the other side, there's also this group that has this feeling that emotions are powerful and that they're a compass and that they lead us. And so we go with our gut and we we feel these things and we just run with them. And, and largely last week we said emotions are largely going to be somewhere in the middle, right? They're, they're not really either one of these things. They, they're given to us by God as a, as a means of revealing the heart, revealing what we love, revealing what we care about. And, and that's where we want to, want to see them. But after that, we then have to understand, okay, that's what they do. But what do we do once we understand that? What do we do once we understand this is where they come from? And I think this is what they're for. How do I work with that? And that's what we're going to get into today. And and here's the ultimate, if I was going to tell you to walk away with one point, to walk away with with one line written down, if you're taking notes, or one line memorized, if you're just that person, um, it it would be this, right? That God has given us emotions. I think I'm going to go just, okay, here we go. God gave us emotions to connect us to others and to connect us to himself. Okay, God gave us emotions to connect us to others and to connect us to himself. Now here's the thing, emotions do more than this. They motivate us to action, right? They, they help us relate to other people in some way. Emotions uh, can, can again be the motivating factor for uh, action. They can oftentimes be protective elements when we feel danger. But overall, I would argue that all of that still funnels into this idea that at the end of the day, even those things, actions, motivators, connection, all that stuff, leads us to the idea of connecting with God and connecting with others. And so what we're going to do is we're going to build out this idea from Psalm 62. Of 5 through 8, what we read just a second ago, and then we're going to just work out a couple of things that are going to help us and kind of tee us up for success as we work through the rest of this sermon series. And so together, I want us to give us a, a little bit of a reminder again what this psalm says. It's only a few verses, and so if you would, again, read it with me. It's going to be Psalm 62, verses 5 through 8, and then we'll jump into some stuff. It starts, verse 5, Rest in God alone, my soul, for my hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I will not be shaken. My salvation and glory depend on God, my strong rock. My refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Selah. And so with that, how is this pointing us to this idea that emotions connect us to each other and to God. Well, through this verse, there's some really powerful things happening, right? The psalmist uh, starts not just by telling us, hey, here's what you should do with your emotions. Rather, he gives us a list of his own experiences uh, with his emotions as they pertain to God. What do I mean? Well, in verse 5, he says, rest in God alone my soul. This idea of peace, this feeling of, of kind of rest, calmness, security. He moves on from there that My hope comes from him, this this feeling of hope. We all know that there is the idea of hope, things that we hope for, right? And I'm hoping that my favorite soccer team, Arsenal, wins today. They're playing right now, just so you know. Uh, I'm hoping that, but but we also know that feeling of hope, that we're looking forward to something, that we have an optimistic look toward the future. And, And he goes on to say, he alone is my rock, my salvation, my stronghold, this feeling behind that idea, those words of security security of safety and then we double down on that safety in verse 8 by saying trust in him at all times trust in him when he's feeling good we know some of them people right where we feel like we can trust them when they're having a good day but then when they're not having a good day we're like I don't know man no no no, no. right the psalmist says trust in him at all times right he's always trustworthy you can you can feel safe with him at all times why because he's unchangeable he never changes He's, oh, his character never could be denied, not even by himself. He loves you, and therefore he's trustworthy. So trust in him at all times. And, and all of these experiences, all of these statements lead to one pretty powerful encouragement from the psalmist in verse 8. This invitation that says, pour out your heart. Pour out your heart before him. What a powerful idea. Because God... Is who he is and because he alone can consistently persistently provide these feelings of safety of trust of peace of rest I'm invited as a result to pour out my heart to him to give it all to him now here's the thing for some of us that sounds terrifying <laughs> that sounds terrifying why does it sound terrifying well there's probably a host of reasons, but the reason that I would want to zone in on today is because for some of us, emotions themselves are a little bit scary. So the idea of pouring our hearts out to God is, is almost as equal as pouring out a bunch of Legos when you know I'm fixing to step through them, because that's what my son does like every week, Right. It's the parents' worst nightmare. You get a bunch of Legos on the ground. You're walking around, and you know my feet are walking through uh, the equivalent of a parenting landmine right now, right? This is just a field of mines that's waiting to absolutely destroy the bottom of my feet. And for some of us, that is like what pouring out our emotions feels like, but times a million. We we know we feel like we're going to be vulnerable and we're going to be judged and we're going to be hurt. And so there's this deep fear that can settle on us when someone is like, hey, be honest. And that's a part of the reason why I came up here just a little bit ago to say, hey, over the next two songs, we want you to know you have permission to be honest and open and hear with what you're feeling and bringing that to God. Right. Because sometimes we even need permission to feel that. We need permission to be like, oh, I can, I can do that? Yeah. Oh, man, okay. I didn't, I didn't know I could do that. Why? Because generally I don't do that. Most of the time I keep those things to myself. Why? Because sometimes it freaks me out a little bit to just be honest about what I'm going through and about what I'm feeling. And here's the thing. A lot of that fear is driven, again, like we talked about a second ago, by a bit of a misunderstanding regarding emotions, that they themselves are bad. And so when we feel anger, what happens? We think that anger is an indictment on us, so we try to sweep anger away, right? We feel sadness, and we go, sadness feels bad sometimes, so that must be bad in and of itself, so I want to sweep it away. I want to hide it. I want to get rid of it, when all the while missing the fact that the emotions themselves are not the things that are the issue, right? Our hearts are the thing that are the issue, and the heart processes and produces these emotions, and these emotions start to unveil the heart. They're like, they're like a, a symbiotic relationship. That sounded real, if you're a sci-fi person, you're like, yeah, The Matrix or something, right? Like, but yeah, this idea that they work together, they're like partners. The heart produces the emotions, the emotions reveal the heart. And, and all of a sudden we start to realize the emotions themselves aren't the issue, but rather it's my heart that's the issue. And if my emotions are clearly unchecked, they're clearly not healthy, it's probably more so revealing that, that the heart might have some issues. And we can see this in the presence of a negative emotional experience. Let's give one as an example, sorrow. right? Sorrow or sadness. Let me, let me ask you, is it inappropriate when someone you care about when they pass away to feel sorrow, is that a bad thing? Or there should be a universal, like, no feeling. In fact, I'd be concerned about you if someone you deeply love passed away and you're like, I'm all right. Like, I would be like, man, are you, are you actually okay? I feel like maybe you're trying to sweep some things away right now, like we talked about a second ago, because clearly it's an appropriate feeling to have a measure of sorrow about this. Why? Because it's valuable to you. And, but here's the thing, on the other side, Is it okay to feel sorrow, the same kind of sense of sadness, when you hop on Instagram and you're scrolling, your thumb's going crazy, right? And you just keep going up and up and up. And all of a sudden you see your homeboy, your homegirl, your friend, um, and they just bought a nice new big house. And, And it's a house that if I'm being honest, and if you're being honest, you think is a little bit nicer than yours, a little bit bigger than yours, in a better neighborhood than yours. And you got that little bit of thing in you that's like, ugh, instead of being like, yay. Is that sadness healthy and okay? No, we would all, I think, look at that and be like, oh, that's not an okay feeling. The same general experience, a sense of sadness, a sense of disappointment, maybe different degrees, meaning, you know, one may be feeling a little bit deeper, one feeling a little bit lighter, but, but the roots in terms of the general experience seems to be the same, but the heart in each of them very different. One produced out of a deep love, one produced uh, for someone, one produced out of a deep love for something or 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 an idea, status, right, this type of thing. So the emotions aren't the issue. In fact, they happen in a way that oftentimes we don't even realize that they're happening. We don't control them. In that moment when you're scrolling through the Instagram feed, you're not like, I really feel like being jealous today. No one says that. No one's ever scrolling through that bad boy. Like I got a real, and although to be 100% fair with you, if you opened Instagram and started flipping, you probably had an aim of jealousy that you just didn't know it. But what I'm getting at is no one opens the app thinking like, I just want to be jealous of somebody today. No one does that. Because you see it and it just comes, right? Just like in the the opposite, in the alternative example, you, you couldn't choose sorrow if someone close to you passed away. They just come. And so it's not our job to control them. It's not our job to feel indicted by them. They come and we can't control them. They just reveal the state of our heart. Our job is to respond to them. I want, to hear, I want you to hear what I just said. Your job is not to control every emotion. There may be a reality that you have to figure out why you're feeling something, but you're not going to control every emotion. And if you think you are, let me lovingly tell you something. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Because every single moment you're you're scrolling through the Instagram feed, every single moment you you have that frustrating second in traffic where you're like underneath the dashboard, just like, oh, finger signs, right? Like all of every single one of those moments, you're going to be like, man, I wish I didn't feel that. What's wrong with me? When that was never what God was calling you to in the first place. He was calling you to respond to those things because it's in responding to them that he'll begin to work in them. So the question then should be, how do we respond to them? The question should be like, "Ah, all right, I'm feeling this. I hit scroll on the Instagram and, and now I'm feeling some type of way. And what do I do about this? Well, uh, you may be thinking to yourself right now, it's like, yeah, I should just push that away, right? That's my response. Or I should just run with that feeling and live by the gut. No, the thing is, those are the exact wrong ways to deal with emotions. That's why we're having to work through this sermon series and why we didn't just jump into to anger because I thought to myself like, man, what, what do I think we should do? And, and in reading, what do these people think we should do? And what do you think you should do? And when you encounter that emotion and you respond to it, again, so many of us are gonna feel like, let's just push it aside or let's just follow it full-fledged. But the thing is, Neither of those are really that helpful, right? The reality is we're asked, in a way, to respond to it by engaging it, by facing the emotion, by looking at it, and jumping into it, and dealing with it. And hear me again, some of us were terrified by this idea. And some of us feel terrified because we feel like it's gonna make us vulnerable, and we're a little bit scared about that. We'll get to that in a second. But others of us, we're scared by this idea because we don't know even how to do what I just said. In your mind, engaging it looks like sweeping it away, or it looks like just kind of being like, that must be the thing, I guess I'm just, I feel this, I guess this is what's right, I'm just gonna follow that. Today, what I wanna do is take a second before we jump into the rest of this text to just lay out some things that I found helpful in my own reading. Uh, primarily, how do we engage emotions? Well. This is a system that I specifically found from a a book called Untangling Emotions. But once I found it there, I noticed that it was in a lot of different places. And I think that it starts with this idea of trying to understand how we should approach emotions in a pretty neutral way. And here's the thing, this is what I want us to do. Uh, Again, a good system here, I found it in a Christian book, but you can find it in books across the spectrum of faith and Christians and non-Christians alike. This is what we wanna do when we get to uh, a feeling. When identify, examine, evaluate, and act. Again, identify, examine, evaluate, and act. I wanted it so bad, I was fighting the urge able to be like, say it with me, but I'm not gonna do that. Um, here's why this is helpful. First, we start with the reality that, again, we can't control the emotion, we just have to identify the emotion. And the thing is, this happens constantly in Scripture, right? In Scripture, this constantly happens. In the Psalms, there's always this sense of like, man, my heart is sad and sorrowful within me. How did they do that? Probably by looking at how they feel and being like, I think my heart is sorrowful within me. Like, it's generally what happened there, right? This happens in a beautiful way in Luke 24, where all of a sudden the disciples on the road to Emmaus meet Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and he begins to open the Scriptures and show how the fullness of Scripture testifies to him. And then Jesus disappears because that's what resurrected Jesus did. He just does things like that. And all of a sudden they're left behind and they say, man, wasn't our heart? Who remembers what they said? Wasn't our heart burning within us while he was teaching us? Right? Wasn't, didn't we spend years learning these exact texts all for this man to spend who knows, 10 minutes, an hour, two hours, five minutes, explaining how they point to him. And these same words we've read over and over and over again now have elicited, he has elicited this fire and I can feel it. And I'm saying, that's what I'm feeling. Right, you have to identify, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. This is, this is what's happening. In one of the books that I was reading that uses, yeah, let's just keep this up for a while. In, in one of the books that I was going through, uh, Untangling Emotions, where this was found, they used a great example of a man uh, whose wife broke the lawnmower while he wasn't home. And uh, I'm like, uh, maybe you can't relate to this. Man, I read that part in that book, and I was like having post-traumatic stress. You know, I was like, I was like man, I got PTSD right now, because this is bringing back too many bad memories for me. All right, so, uh, <laughs> I'm a little too personal with y'all right there. All right, I feel like y'all are looking at me like, all right, okay. Um, but, right, and it asked him to really identify the fact that he's angry. He's mad. Why? Because the thing is broken. And now maybe the Saturday he was going to use to do X, Y, and Z is now going to be spent, used to figuring out how to fix this lawnmower. So he's angry about that. You have an emotion. Again, you can't control it. Your job is not to sit there and be like, this was the wrong thing for me to feel. It, can't. it came. That's all you can do. Your job is to identify it, respond, engage to it. Identify it. Then after that, examine it. Right? Why did I feel this way? Why did I feel this way? Again, if we go back to the example used from uh, the Untangling Emotions book, right, this This man may feel upset that his wife didn't trust him to cut the grass when he said he was going to cut it. And so she took it upon herself to start the lawnmower and didn't hold the little clutch thing down. And now there's oil everywhere. Right. That didn't happen to me at all. But um, right. All of a sudden he's starting to identify. Maybe it's not just the the Saturday frustration of wasting time that I'm dealing with. Maybe as I examine it, I start to realize, man, maybe my emotions are rooted kind of in like a feeling insulted uh, foundation or root more than it was just inconvenience, or, or maybe I feel like let me let me give y'all a, a very a very personal example. I I fight with the feeling and need to be approved of a lot. I, I love that feeling. I love when someone's like, "Man, you killed it." And so maybe the the feeling for the man in this situation that's frustrated about this deal is not that he's just offended or that his wife didn't believe in him, but rather that he feels like his wife probably had a low opinion of him. Again, I'm not talking about what actually happened. I'm talking about what's going on to create and motivate and create the feelings, examining the emotions and saying, why am I feeling this? Why am I feeling this? What's happening here? So we start to examine what is it that, do I not feel affirmed? Do I feel insulted? Do I, why is it that this is coming? And then once we're starting to identify and evaluate these feelings, I mean examine these feelings, then we're finally able to start evaluating whether they're legitimate or not. Because here's the thing, at the end of the day, once we start evaluating the feeling that we're working through, the reality can become that the wife in this example that we're using just wanted to help her husband. Maybe she was like, man, his like, week is so busy, and I really want to help. And this grass is getting kind of long, and that's going to take him a little bit. And I'll know his Saturday he wants to, I don't know, watch an Arsenal soccer game, (laughs) Um, right? Whatever that, watch NFL preseason football again, whatever that's worth, Um, right? And, And all of a sudden, her heart, motivated by something good, tries to help and messes up. All of a sudden, if that was the actual case, how harmful would it be? For a heart desiring affirmation, desiring elevation, desiring status, desiring to be promoted, or just desiring convenience to elevate the affection of this thing above the affection that he has for a wife saying, I want to help you. I stumbled and I messed up, but my heart really is rooted in the feeling of, I want to help you. To evaluate and understand, what am I doing here? Why am I feeling this? How is this actually true? What about it is not true? Is an important step in understanding what our feelings are doing. And again, to start to, to is our, our feelings meant to just be shut down? No. Are our feelings meant to lead us? No. What are they meant to do? To connect us to God and to others by unveiling the heart. And all of a sudden, when you start to identify, examine, evaluate, and see what is really producing some of these feelings, we all of a sudden start learning not just about the situation, but we start learning about ourselves and then we start learning about our heart. There's a reason why the series is called The Heart. If I didn't you didn't know. So all of a sudden, evaluate, understand, and then from there you act. From there you act. This is this is challenging because oftentimes this. We have to interject this into this feeling that comes in. We're like so ready to act on this feeling. And by act on this feeling, I mean, you're either ready to be like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? I was going to take care of it on Tuesday. Or you just look at it and go, And then, so the acting, right, can be one of two ways. It could be all frustrated, huff, puff, smoke everywhere, you know, all that good stuff. And or it could be just shutting down. I don't want to say anything. I'm going to be curt to my wife for the next 97 hours. And I'm just not going to say anything, be angry, and then I'll get back to normal in a little bit. But before we do that, or in the midst of that, if we can start to interject, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this thing? is this thing right? Is there truth to this or is there not truth to this? And then figure out what should my long-term action be? All of a sudden, we're teeing ourselves up. Again, not to just be like, hey, emotions don't matter or emotions matter for everything, but to say, God, how can you use my emotions in order to show me and teach me about myself and what you want to do in my heart? And how can you use these to connect me to others, and connect me to you? Again, you can't control these things, but hear me, friend, lovingly, thank God you ain't called to. You're called to use them. Use them to unveil the heart, and as the heart's unveiled, to connect you to God, and connect you to others, right? Again, this is hard. This is a process. I'm not up here telling you this like, I do this every day. I don't. This is hard. It's a challenge. I, I kind of low-key, like, if, I, if it wasn't so random, I'd get it tattooed, but it's pretty random, so I'm not going to do that, but... It'd be worth worth writing down somewhere, writing on your mirror, writing on your car dash, writing on a sticky at work, writing somewhere where you can remind yourself, hey, with all these feelings that I have, God, help me identify, help me examine, help me evaluate, and then let me act. Here's the thing. There's a couple of different ways this happens. Again, how do we use this in a way that's helping us connect with others and connect with God? Well, This is what it looks like to do this internally, but I don't think internally is where this should stay. In in other words, engaging your emotions, understanding them and then acting on them in a way that's healthy, right, should not just be done in your own brain, uh, in your car, alone. It should definitely happen there to an extent, but it also at times has to then be taken out into another space of like your relationships. Again, engaging your relationships in order to connect you to others. that might be a challenge, because if I'm being honest, right, you all know how connecting to others emotionally is positive. Again, I'm going to use Arsenal a lot this year in this sermon. I'm really sorry about that. But for anybody that didn't know, Arsenal is just a soccer team in London. And because of that, they play at like six in the morning or like 12 in the afternoon. And so you gotta build your whole schedule around this thing. I'm not gonna lie to you. But uh, this past Wednesday, I went to a bar called the Tavern on North Lamar. It's the place where all the Arsenal fans go to watch games. And they were playing on a Wednesday at like two o'clock or something like that. Uh, and so we, I went and there was a bunch of other people there, all of us in these, in these Arsenal jerseys. And the emotional connection on the positive end- was really great, right? Like, they, they scored first, then the other team tied, and then there was this tension building, and then and then finally Arsenal scored again to go ahead. And when they scored again, the whole place erupted. And I started high-fiving random strangers. I didn't know who they were. They could have been Bob, Mike, or John, or I was giving them a high-five. And as I was doing that, I felt a random man come behind me and just bear hug me. And then he started trying to lift me, and I was like, I'm a big man, fam. I don't know if you're gonna be able to do that. And so instead of picking me up, once he realized he couldn't, I just heard, oh, behind me and he just yelled as hard as he could and I turned around I gave him a high five and then we all went back to watch the game and that a positive emotional connection right wasn't hard it's not hard for us to understand what that looks like I mean it happens all the time here's the thing when we connect with others on a negative emotional experience is oftentimes much more challenging and the thing is, because we perceive negative emotional experiences as being negative in general, we assume that negative emotional experiences have nothing positive to contribute to our relationships. And they do. Again, the, the emotions are not evil. They're unveiling. They're unveiling. The emotions aren't evil, they're unveiling. That means that a negative emotional experience with somebody doesn't mean that that thing is bad, or that you should never visit it again, or that you have to just completely sweep it away or try to avoid it like the plague. It means that you should probably what? Identify, examine, evaluate, and act. But maybe you should do it together now. Maybe you should do it between you. Husband and wife, father, son, mother, daughter, parent, child, roommate, friend, whatever the case. Maybe you should do it together. But here's the thing. That's very challenging. It's very terrifying still. It's very scary because now we're taking what happens internally. And some of us feel a little bit comfortable with that. And now we're taking it external and starting to put it next to somebody and engage them with it. And that starts to get really scary. I want to just lovingly offer another tip from some of the literature that I'm reading. And it was just the idea of, hey, if you want to do this with somebody, maybe you could put it into a script form. Maybe you could put it into a script form that allows you to ask people questions. The thing is, if anyone has gone to any form of marriage counseling, you know exactly what this is. And people will be like, use I feel language. And then they have you do that weird little role play together where you're like picking some random thing and you're like, I feel, insert, assertion. And then you kind of do it back and forth and it's like, I don't really know how this feels. And then all of a sudden, if you start practicing it and then you do it like in your actual private time and you try to make it an actual like intentionally doing it, y'all are all crying and stuff. And like all of a sudden you're like, man, this is so powerful. Like it's so good. Uh, Shout out to Mark and Missy Dean, who do a great job with marriage counseling. Me and my wife went through like a a system or a, a program with them and it was really helpful. So if you have anything like that that you're interested in, they'd be great people to talk to. But, right, this is this is kind of putting it into a space where you're inviting this idea of identify, examine, evaluate, and act into a, a, a script that you're now going to be able to use with one another, right? This is what it was like for me. This idea of being vulnerable and honest from the get-go, right? And here's the thing. That first, that first verse, I mean, that <laughs> first verse, dang, I'm preaching. Uh, so that first line, right, that's a scary line for some of us because, again, that's putting us out there and saying, here's where I'm gonna be honest and vulnerable. This is where the internal work still has to come from being connected to God. Why? Because if if you don't understand the depths of God's love, affirmation, and care for you, this is gonna seem like an absolutely terrifying thing to say. Because you're gonna feel like you're out there lost without any hope, without any safety, without any refuge. That's why the first four, three, four verses of our verse today was like, he's where my hope comes from, he's my safety he's my refuge. He's my stronghold. I can trust in him. Pour your heart out, right? That's why they're connected. This is what it was like for me. How was it for you? Inviting this type of conversation of understanding where each other is coming from, and then finally understanding at the end, how can we do this differently, right? Or maybe if it's serious enough, this got to change. We got to change this in some way. Right. Entering into this type of script starts to put this identify, examine, evaluate act into a practical setting for you and the person that you're in this interaction with. And again, starts to bring out the feelings that we probably wouldn't be comfortable talking about on our own. Again, how was it for you? It made me angry that you started the lawnmower without me. Uh, why? Right? We, we start to work this out and bring these feelings to the forefront so that in bringing them to the forefront, they can what? Unveil the and veil the heart to one another. And now all of a sudden we're working this idea out of understanding each other's heart, again, connecting to one another. Emotions were given to connect us to each other. To each other. So understanding the heart, understanding where your emotions are coming from and finding a safe, uh, kind of orderly structured way to start putting this into practice with someone, it's gonna be really helpful. But here's the other thing. At this point, I've given you a lot of tips and a lot of kind of like helpful things that I've found in, uh, in a few books to start working out emotions. But the thing is, we said that emotions are there to help us connect to others, and to connect to God himself, where we haven't interjected uh, right now, uh, one of the most important things is where God fits into all of this. It would be a shame if you thought you needed to go into your private time and identify, examine, evaluate, and act all by yourself. So you were just lost in your own space and kind of just thinking about it and trying to figure it out. And, and then you went and you brought it to somebody that you love and care about, and you're like, oh, let's work out this thing, and then you pull out a little piece of paper and you're reading this stuff to each other. And, you know, like, it'd be beautiful. But it'd be a shame if nowhere in that, was the thought of this is to connect me to God too. And because it's here to connect me to God, he's intimately involved in it, whether I see him and acknowledge him, whether I don't. Again, I wanna bring you back, you can remove this bro. Um, I wanna bring you back to the very first point that we made today, that all these feelings lead us to the invitation that God says, pour out your heart to me. Pour out your heart to me. Why? Because I'm trustworthy. Because I'm your stronghold. Because your salvation depends on me and I deeply love you and I will never change. And I'm st- uh, the, the place that you find rest and security. And so trust in me. And as you trust in me, pour out your heart to me. Here's the thing, friend. I, I think a lot of us don't 100% know what that means. Let me say it like this for a lot of us, We believe that the story of Jesus, the story of the creator God entering into uh, our story, entering into the brokenness of creation, taking on the sin of the world, taking on the brokenness, darkness, and oppression of the world, all so that he could uh, defeat it and overcome it in his resurrection, declare, I reign over this and I provide life and I create new creation, that he came and did all that so that we could have a 20-minute quiet time in the morning. So that we could pray before we go to bed at night. So we come to church and sing a song and hope that God connects with us here while we're in a sermon or while we're singing. Friend, if that's how you perceive God's interactions with you, you're so far at this moment from being able to be in a spot where you're pouring out your heart. Because that means you probably in your week have an average of like three hours you feel welcome to do that. You have 20 minutes in the morning. And when you don't do it, you feel like God just missed everything. And the worst part of that is that you start to feel like, man, I missed the best part of my day. What's the best part of your day? When I wake up and spend 20 minutes alone with God, all the while there is this huge gap between the best part of your day and the rest of your day where God is right there with you saying, pour your heart out to me. That may be the best part of your day. The best part of your day may not be when you have quiet time. And I'm not discrediting quiet time, devotional time, opening your Bible, praying. I think those things are powerful, but how much more powerful, how much equally powerful, however you wanna tell yourself and phrase that, how, much, how beautiful would it be if beyond that time, it, throughout the entirety of your day, you fundamentally thought to yourself, my refuge is with me. The one that's trustworthy is near me, right? Why? Because his son entered my story. And while Jesus was the only one who had earned the right to bring all of his heart to God because it was pure, Jesus took the pureness of his heart to the cross so that we who are unpure, we who have horrible uh, motivations sometimes, we who our heart seems to be messed up in love, things that we shouldn't love, and it produces emotions that can be wild, emotions that can be frustrating, emotions that we want to hide all of a sudden because of the work of God's son, we now have the refuge, the strength, the creator saying, pour your heart out to me. Why? Because I'm with you now. Because through this Jesus, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My spirit is with you every moment of every day. Not in the quiet time, not just in the quiet time, not just in the Sunday service, but every single moment I'm here to say, pour out your heart to me. Pour it out. Give everything to me. Why? Because I love you. Because I see you, because you can try to hide it from everybody, but you can't hide it from him. You can try to hide every hurt from everyone else, but you can't hide it from him. You can try to hide every angry emotion from everyone else, but you can't hide it from him. And the invitation is not, hey, change yourself and then come find me. It's come to me and bear your heart and be open about what you're feeling and be honest about where you are. Because as your heart is unveiled, that's where I'm going to do my work at right there, right there. So man, if you're if you're upset and you got that road rage thing going on, I would encourage you in Southeast Austin not to be honking your horn. But um, I would also say if you got that that urge to scream, yell, throw gang signs, you know, as they say, um, that's not the place to go. Oh man, God, I'm sorry. I mean, maybe you should say sorry for some of it. I shouldn't say that, but. So maybe it's that exact space where it's like, if there's an anxiety to get somewhere quickly, right, why? And if that anxiety to get somewhere quickly motivated you to be like, I'm going to just, and maybe you should ask why. And maybe you can invite God to say, God, why am I feeling like this? Where am I? Why do I need this so much? God, my, my wife broke my lawnmower. God, why am I so mad at this? God, why? God, help me understand why when I see this Instagram photo, I magically start thinking about how people don't love me and want to hang out with me instead of being happy for someone. How come when I see this, I'm not excited for this person instead of instead of, you know, just like feeling the sense of jealousy? How come when Do you see what I'm saying? This invitation to say, pour your heart out, because through the son, you now have infinite access to the father to bring the fullness of who you are and what you're going through to him. What an invitation, friend. My question to you today is, are you taking that? Are you taking that? If you're not taking it, if you're you're consolidating how you approach God to 20 minutes in the morning, I lovingly want to tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out. Not because God isn't there for you, but because you're resisting bringing the fullness of what you're going through to him, because he's always with you. Because of the work of the gospel, he's always with you. So keep bringing it to him. He's with you when you're approaching someone and saying, hey, here's my heart. Here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm struggling with, he's there too. He's here when you're singing and worshiping. He's here when you're crying. He's here when you're smiling. He's here because through the work of Jesus, he has unified himself with you out of love and out of care and out of passion for you to say, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Friend, what an invitation we have to bring the fullness of our hearts, everything we are, everything we've gone through and say, God, be with me in this. Why am I feeling this? I'm really angry. I'm really frustrated. I'm really jealous. I'm really happy. I'm really joyful. I'm right? And the more you do this thing, again, with God, with others, with community, right? The more you start to allow the emotions to do what they're meant to do, unveil the heart. And the more you invite God into that space to say, work in this, work in this. Maybe it's going to feel like some correction from somebody. Man, work in this. Maybe it's going to feel like somebody saying, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You are loved, friend work in this. Maybe it's someone saying, "Hey, I don't think that's quite the wise thing that you should do." Work in this. Maybe it's going to look like God himself just meeting you and encouraging your heart and you're like, "I don't really have words for this, but God's spirit clearly just touched me and now I'm feeling right like like differently or now I'm feeling like I need to change some things and evaluate where my heart is at, what I love, what I'm hoping for, what I'm depending on." And again, bringing our heart, pouring out our emotions, allowing them to do what they're supposed to do unveil and allow God to work. That's the invitation we have today. That's the invitation you have every day, fam. If that's where we can get to, if that's the baseline we can start working out of, right, then as we move forward in the next several weeks thinking about things like fear and anger, sorrow, right, we're going to be in a much better place understanding, man, this, this feeling, maybe something I'm a little uncomfortable with, if I'm being honest, but maybe God through this wants to unveil some things in my heart and out of love and grace and compassion wants to work in me in some way. Friends, if you can join in the rest of this time with that perspective, I think God can do some great and powerful things in our hearts as we work through these emotions. Does that sound good? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for um, the invitation we have of a holy God uh, who invites unholy creatures to pour out unholy desires Feelings produced by unholy loves out to a holy God. Thank you God that, that out of the abundance of your great love, in action and I think in feeling and emotion, that you entered into our story in the person of Christ, that you took what was holy and on the cross made it unholy so that we who were unholy could now approach you as the ones who are holy, bringing the fullness of our heart. The, 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 the I mean, like like dark stuff at times and hurtful stuff at times, painful stuff at times, sometimes things that really oppose you in so many fundamental ways, and yet we're invited to bring the fullness of those things to you out of the depths of your compassion and love knowing that as we approach your throne, we approach your throne in the name of Jesus and in his perfect exemplary use of emotions to to lead, to to connect to you, I should say, and connect to others that ultimately leads him to the cross and sacrificial love. Father, thank you uh, for this invitation that we have today to pour out our heart to you to use our emotions in ways that, yes, can be intimidating, but ultimately, because of the truth we have in the gospel, we're invited to use them to be vulnerable, um, to, to unveil our hearts so that through your spirit at work in the church, through your spirit at work in our own time with you, whether that's in the morning, at lunchtime, at any other point, that you would work in our hearts through the gifts that you've given us for your glory and then again for our good, out of the depths of your love for us. We thank you. We love you.